When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, someone who would actually wait on you if you fell behind instead of just chanting it at a remembrance ceremony, Ryan Nelson. It's funny you mentioned that, because nobody wants a Harford-only episode. <laughs> yeah, and nobody wants an episode without Elrond again. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll definitely get into that here in just a little bit when we start discussing the episode. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll have things to say about the Harfoot. So uh, if you've been listening to the podcast since we started it back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about the third episode of Prime Video's The Rings of Power titled Adar. If you are new or a regular and like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and if you have time, write us a review while you're over there at Apple Podcasts. If you do write us a review, we'll read it on air next time we record. Alright, so we are discussing the Rings of Power, as mentioned previously. Previously, uh, just a real quick overall thoughts on episode three. We obviously both loved or enjoyed uh, greatly the first two episodes. Are you still thinking the same thing after three? Yeah. So let me preface everyone. I had some uh, family issues going on this week so, that I had to deal with, and so I was distracted. So and and like exhausted, <laughs> I had to move. My uncle passed away. I had to move his stuff out of his house. So it was all. A crazy week. So I was exhausted when I watched this. Yes. So, but this is an episode that you mentioned you had read that the people who've read the books, this is made for them mm. and others may not enjoy this as much. This is the first episode where I felt that way. Yes. Yeah, There's a lot of they assuming you mm. know stuff that I don't know. Right. And I, I, I felt that. Although there were a lot of things I really liked about this episode and enjoyed, but there were several times where I was like, I don't know what's going on. And I think it's because I, I have not, I don't know the backstory right. enough. Yeah. Cause this is my favorite of the three so far. I enjoyed this one okay. a lot. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And I, I can see that being the case, especially once they get into Numenor and everything that's going on around Numenor. So I think that can definitely, definitely may be the case where if you're a book reader and you are a little bit more familiar with the, with the background elements of this, I could see this being an episode where you might enjoy it a lot more. Now, look, I do still see, I think after this episode, I think it's going to start picking up for people who aren't just because we've got all of the exposition for the most part out of the way. We got, we yeah. get, we got a lot of exposition in the first two episodes. 
this is our first time we make it to Numenor, so you have a lot of things that they have to kind of explain and kind of lay out for you with 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 Numenor. And like I said, so I don't know that we're going to have quite as much exposition going forward after this episode. So I think it will be an easier, a little bit easier on the palate for most people. Uh, for people who haven't read the books or aren't familiar as much with the source material, I think that will be the case going forward. I could be wrong, but I think that's going yeah. to be the issue. So. Well, and l- let me mention as well, we missed Elrond, yeah. Ronwin, and Duran uh, a lot in right. this episode. Like, not having Elrond is especially weird. I feel like you got to yeah. show him at some point just a small suit. Yeah, I guess it's they are telling that it's kind of one of the things that. You see, this is where it becomes an interesting thing to me, just where as we are constantly doing this show and we're doing House of the Dragon, I think the juxtaposition and the and how the, the choices that both shows are making, I think, are going to really stand out. Because this is where what they've done with this one is because this, the second age is what this is covering. And it, it, it covers thousands, literally thousands and thousands of years in the books, uh, basically in the appendices of the Lord of the Rings. So you have this thousands of year, thousands of years time time period. That they're condensing, and what they want to do is because they, what they've made the decision to do is they condense it down to basically what would be whenever they get done telling the story, to one human's lifespan. Which so you're taking a story that takes place over the course of thousands of years, condensing it down to you know fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty years. And I think, whereas you have like the House of the Dragon is basically saying, oh, look, we got to cover, they've said like the first season of House of the Dragon is going to cover 28 years. So they're just time jumping. They're not, it's therefore we're, we're going to get new characters. We're going to get new people that are introduced in that show. Whereas this one, what they wanted us to do is they wanted us to stay attached to the characters that they introduce us to and continue to grow with those. So that's where it's going to be interesting to see how these two, how these two shape up and how they, how they go about telling their stories because it is going to be difficult to tell a story that takes place over the course of thousands of years in basically like a 60, 70, 80 year time span in terms of the show. And I think that's where they aren't going to be able to put everybody in. So they introduce us to everybody in the first two episodes. Now we're going to have to start like, okay, we won't hear from this person on occasion and we'll hear from them later on. We won't hear from somebody else. So, like you said, this is a Galadriel story, but I think we'll probably end up having an episode where she's not in it too. I, I really I believe that. I think you're right about that. So, like I said, it's it's so interesting the decisions that people have to make when they're covering this type of stuff. And like I said, we're seeing that in this one is we got a lot of stuff we got to cover, especially going to Numenor, which is something that so many people have you know really would have loved to have seen in the original trilogy because it is so influential into what happens with Aragorn and everything that goes on with him. So they've spent so much time with it. It didn't leave a whole lot of time to really explore some of those other stories. And I, I do believe I'm, I'm agreeing with you is Elrond is great. And the dwarves are great, but we miss them. We do definitely miss them in this one. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought Bronwyn as well. There's yeah. Bronwyn as well. About, right. mm-hmm. Something about, you know, and I know she wasn't in the books, but it, it, I really think it's the actress as well. She She's has good. a presence. Yeah, she is. And you're like, you wanted to see more of her. Yeah, you you do. And like I said, I, I'll be interested to see how they. It looks like from based off of the little uh, little preview that you get at the end of this episode, it looks like she's going to have more of a role in the yeah. next one. So, and, and let me say this so I can be wrong. I kind of miss that punk Theo. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. He just provides an interesting. He provides some yeah. depth to the story. Now I will say right. this. We'll talk a little bit about Theo in a second, but I, I do want to. You know, 
I want to see that that element in there because I kind of wondering what they're doing with the character because at this point I really truly do not do not know. So yeah. uh, I want to see what they're doing with the character, and it looks like they they're going to be doing something with him in the next one if you watch the preview at the end of episode three. So. All right, let's talk about Numenor for a little bit because obviously we, we we felt like Gladriel and Halbrand were being the people who yeah. were there to save them were Numenorians and they are and the Numenorian who is saving them is other than Elendil who is did you recognize the name Elendil as soon as you heard it? Uh, I I knew his son's name right. It's Ildor uh, because yeah because he's uh, well I guess Elendil showed at the very begin beginning of Fellowship as well right yeah. I, I you know, he, I'm not real sure about that. Di- I thought he dies, and that you're right. Yeah, he does. He dies in the battle. That's right. I was trying to remember how that actually worked, but yeah, he dies, yes. and then Isildur picks up his sword. So yeah, you're, yeah, you're so, correct so about I, that. Yes. Yeah, so, so when I knew who that was, I do remember that, and thank you for telling me that I needed to watch the beginning of that movie because <laughs> that really helped me. So yeah, and then again, this is something I will mention: the way they pan in on him. You know, mm-hmm. okay, this this is about to be a big character. Yeah, you do, and like I said, he like I said, he's obviously important. If you if you're familiar with the story, if you saw the original films, you didn't have to read the books to to. If you like I said, if you remember those original films, that was one of the reasons why I did that suggestion is go back and at least watch the Fellowship of the Ring at the very least, is because he was going to play a big part in this, and he he definitely does. I mean, like I said, we get an introduction to him, which was really cool. I will say this. Uh, well, actually, we'll get to that in a second. But as he's uh, there, as they're sailing in. And we get the first shots of Numenor. Um, I was just blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, this place is gorgeous. I, I thought the same thing. It looked unbelievable. It looks so much better than any other fantasy film that we've seen mm-hmm. that has a, a similar, I guess, uh, setting. It was breathtaking yeah it really was i mean i, I was I, I tweeted out a couple of things when i was watching <laughs> when i saw that i was like i tweeted out uh from the the dad and everybody loves raymond i can't remember his name but <laughs> when uh, him saying, frank, wasn't yeah it? frank thank you i've tweeted him saying holy crap i mean that's good yeah, yeah. that was my initial reaction like oh my gosh this place is gorgeous i agree and it was just and you're right it was absolutely breathtaking you have the the just absolutely giant huge statues that are that are there that is a reference back to those big statues that we saw in the Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, and if you didn't know, those two statues that they're sailing through in the Fellowship of the Rings, this is a Sildor and Elendil. That they are, those are those big two giant statues that they sail through in Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, so obviously these are major characters. These are people that are going to play a big part in the rest of this, rest of this series. Like I said, I think it's supposed to be five seasons long. They're going to be a huge part of this story going forward. So... Um, like I said, just the introduction to Numenor is just fantastic. We, uh, as soon as we land, we realize that that Galadriel played beautifully by Morfin Clark again, just mm-hmm. doing an absolutely fantastic job. Her, just her performance is just fantastic. But we also see that she is not welcome here in in mm-hmm. Numenor. Uh, like I said, so we get to her to we get to the leader and that's Muriel. Uh, and this is another character that is straight out of the books and her top aide, Farazone is also a character straight out of the books. So th- we're getting some people that are going to play significant roles. What did you think about the whole introduction to Numenor with Galadriel, the icy relationship between her yeah. and Muriel? what did you think about all that? I thought it was awesome. It actually reminded me of when you go to a snooty, college football town mm-hmm. and you're the oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. The, the visitors uh oxford mississippi <laughs> old miss comes to mind uh and they act like they're so much better than you and they're like 
look at these <laughs> poor pheasants. I mean, that was the way they were acting. Like, oh my God, uh, why are we allowing these people here? That's that. That's what it felt like. Right. I, I was like, oh, I've gotten those looks about yeah. ten <laughs> times in my life <laughs> going to a game there. Uh, so that that was uh, you know kind of kind of what I, I saw there. I th- I thought it was very good. Uh, they they looked so much. You know, they acted like they were so much better than yeah. than everyone else. So that that was it was really good, and I love the queen. She uh she was one of the stars of the movie The Accountant. Uh, she's played by uh, Cynthia Aday. Yeah, I guess she uh, Robinson. She's one of the stars of the movie The Accountant, a just insane movie where. Uh, Ben Affleck is an accountant assassin. I, 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 I think I remember that that film being yeah, uh, that way. Just a fantastic movie. <laughs> but, uh, she, she is an FBI agent in that movie. So when you see her, every time I see her, it reminds me of that movie and how much I love it. But she's really good. And uh, we got to give uh, Alain Dill some credit. Uh, uh, Lloyd Owen, fantastic Yeah, he's job. good. Yeah, he's good. He's... Fantastic job. And let me say one other thing, and we're going to be talking about him a lot. Uh, Hallbrand got some time to cook this yes, episode. Yes, he did. He came out guns blazing. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Hallbrand real quick. So, we talked a little bit about Hallbrand last week, and you know we were debating whether or not we have actually seen Sauron, and I told you I didn't think he, I didn't think he was Sauron. I thought that he was probably... If, I could see him playing, going down a path of being one of the, one of the ring race, maybe even like the top of the, the Witch King, the top uh, ring race. I will say this. There's a lot of potential for Sauron to be Hallbrand in this one. Uh, so some of the things that happen in this that just kind of makes you think that he's very quick on his feet. He's very much a, like, I'm going to, he can like, he can kind of work his way in and out of mm-hmm. uh, these jams, uh, which makes me think, you know, I, we don't really see Sauron doing that, but he's shifty, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Very shifty. I, I think he's going to be the Witch King. After you mentioned that last episode, and that, like, uh, I, I heard that mentioned somewhere else, and mm-hmm. I was like, when I was watching, I was like, Justin's going to be right on this. I may be. I, I could see him being Sauron, though, in this, because, like, yeah. it's really interesting the way he's so shifty when he's talking to, when like, also the fact that when he goes into town and he's actually, like, going around, he immediately wants to be a smith. And yeah. like, okay, are, are y'all, are, are we doing some red herrings here or, or, cause I mean, that's what Sauron ends up doing. He ends up smithing his own ring. Uh, that's how he gets, he gets, uh, Celebrimbor to fashion all the rings and he ends up fashioning his own to rule them all. That's what he ends up doing. And like I said, so, I mean, like, are we putting the smithing thing in there? Are we doing that just to make us think that, or are they, or is this really what they're pointing in the direction of? So that's, that's pretty that would be pretty quick on a really pointing to him that way. Yeah. Don't you think? I, I kind of think so like too. Yeah, yeah it, it really does because I mean like, like, okay, so we're going straight down to the smithing, but you know, he's so shifty. He's got that. Yeah. He's, he ends up trying to take that, uh, the guild badge away from that one guy, mm-hmm. Tamar. Uh, he ends up doing that. But what's so great about that is you, you see him gets, he gets cornered by those four guys and he says, please don't do this. And you think the reason he's telling them not to do that is because he doesn't want to get hurt but he finds that he like flips the switch and just completely wallops those four guys I'm like I was oh about to say, it's john wick breaking bones and everything mm-hmm. else up there. yeah i was like okay so like i said 
I really feel like he's going to take a villainous role. Now, I don't know if it's going to be if he just goes down the Witch King role, if he goes down to one of the other Ring Grace, or if he is actually going to end up being Sauron. But they are doing, I think they are purposely doing some things in here to make us think that he might end up being Sauron. Now, if that ends up playing out, I don't know. And let me ask you something else. So when they, uh, after they have the meeting with the queen that doesn't go well, even though he's trying to smooth it over, Mm -hmm. Uh, he hugs uh, Alendo and gets the they get the dagger back. Yeah, but he like, but like the even the hug, the way they looked at each other, I don't know. I, I was yeah, you're right. They mm. know each other. They they, was, they both had a look at it uh, on their face. Like, do 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 I know you? I right. don't know. I, or kind of like like Alendo was letting him get the dagger as well. Yeah, kind of. I, that's kind of. I honestly think that's more where where it was. Is I think Alendo wanted. I think he trusted Gladriel a lot more. I think it's quite obvious that you know he's yeah, oh, yeah, he, he's yeah, much yeah. more trusting yeah. of of elves than anybody else in in the town. I, yeah. I honestly think that's more what it is. Is he wanted her to have her dagger back? So I think he he realizes what Hallbrand was trying to do right there was to get okay. that dagger back. I think that's where, where he was going because I did watch it twice. Uh, I wanted to make sure I caught everything because there's a lot that goes on in the, in these in the show mm-hmm. that you, you got really got to catch on to. So uh, let's kind of stay with these two real quick. I want to kind of finish out their arc before we go on to anybody else. So we realize uh, when after we get the scene at the courtroom or whatever or courtyard or whatever you call this area, I'm not really sure what it was. But after the scene, we also find out that uh, Alindiel has been summoned back to Muriel, and she's not real happy with him. But nope. but what's interesting is she says she's not happy with him, but she ends up giving him like a, a promotion uh, to like uh, I can't remember what it was that she said he was promoted the post or uh, post, post captain post captain it? yeah post captain yeah. thank you uh, so he gets this promotion and I assumed that the sword that she is giving him is the sword that we're going to find later on that we're going to see at the very end of this when he cuts uh, when the Sildor uses it to cut off uh, the hand of Sauron I assume that's the sword but apparently after listening to the Ring Reverse podcast with uh, Mallory and uh, Joanna they have been told that that is not the same sword so like I said oh. I was surprised but I just assumed like they've kind of made this big deal to show this sword I was like well that's obviously got to be his sword the one that's the legendary sword and apparently it's not so maybe they changed that i don't know but i was a little surprised by that the fact that they don't make this uh his sword of legend at this point but uh i like the interaction between lindiel and between gladriel i think they have a lot of great on screen chemistry uh, on screen chemistry i thought i think they're doing a fantastic job and they go to the hall of laws and that was just interesting because they have these. I don't really know how they file their stuff because it's like scrolls that are just stuck in cubbies. <laughs> right. I, I got I got some Sam Tarley Game of Thrones. Uh, you're right. Yeah, I didn't things. even think about that. You, that's a good point. Uh, but they go to the, the Hall of Laws and she's just fascinated. And we, we discover. And if you weren't aware, obviously uh, this is something that they talk about in the book. And that, well, this is our first mention of Elros or Elros. I can't remember how they pronounce it in the in the show. Uh, who is Elrond's brother? Elros is the founder of Numenor, and he they are brothers. So this is like I said, this is an inter- This is the first real mention of this. And they don't really go into to detail, so I'm not going to go into details because they still haven't talked about this. Uh, but there's a little bit more information about why he has founding a, a, a city that is made up of nothing but men. And Elrond is over in with the elves. And like I said, I don't really know if that would be spoiler to explain why that is. But I saw, I'll just kind of leave it there off to the side for right now. But 
she she recognizes both of them immediately because she says, you know, I'm more closer to to his brother than I am to to Elrond. And you can there's a very clear picture of the tapestry that that's Elrond yeah. right there. Yeah. So right, right. They they weren't really hiding. I was I was wondering if they were going to be pretty obvious of that, and they, and they were. So we know that this is Elrond. But the big thing that they reveal in this. And I'd heard somebody talk about this, but the sigil that she's been seeing, it's not really a sigil. It's a map, and it's a map of what's going to eventually be Mordor. And I, like I said, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. And I listened to it uh, like I was reading some stuff where they explain that about what the, the map is. But, uh, yeah, and I, I thought that was interesting. The whole the whole scene, and like you said, when they showed the, the mural of Elrond, I thought for sure he was going to be in the next scene. Yeah, I kind of thought that too, and, and he's not. Yeah. So, so they're they're yeah. not going back to him yet, and we'll we'll see him. I'm pretty sure in uh, the next episode, but we have not seen him yet at this point. So, and you know what? And I'll let me say that made me miss him e- even more. Right. Mm-hmm. When they showed him, I was like, "Man, we really have missed him this mm-hmm. episode." Yeah, we have, and we'll get him. Like I said, we're going to get him. I'm pretty sure pretty heavily in the next episode, but yeah. uh, we don't get him in this one. Uh, but she also notices when they're discovering all this other stuff and they're going through all this documentation, the thing that the sigil, not, I don't know really what it's called, but that thing, that emblem that that Halbron was wearing earlier that she noticed, it is a, it is a sigil of royalty. And she notices that and she goes back to, when she goes back to Numenor, she finds Halbron in jail because he's been jailed for beating up Tamar and his, four, and his three guards. Uh, but she goes to him and, you know, she confronts him about this. Do we think that he's being truthful here when he says he steals, he just stole it off of somebody, or do we think he actually is actually royalty? So if he's Sauron, he could have stolen this from someone. Right, he could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it, if he's that, then he's telling the truth. Right. Yeah. So I, it, it just matters where they're going. Yeah. It, it, which it, king or that? Yeah, it depends on where he's going. So, like I said, I'll be interested to see how they how they play that out. He says that he stole it. He says that he's not the hero that you think I am. It's one of the uh, it's one of the lines that he says that you know I'm not the hero that you think I am. And Gladriel isn't buying it. She it's pretty obvious that she's oh, not buying it. Charlie Vickers looks yeah. like a dang hero. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. You're right. He, he's he has some Aragorn in him. Uh, he, yes. he definitely does. But he's kind of got this. If he is actually of royalty, he's got the whole uh, reluctant king thing down that Aragorn was doing so well in the original Lord of the Rings. Uh, trilogy he's got that going for him um but what's also interesting throughout this is you know he's he's really playing this down and galadriel is really pushing him towards it so i don't know where they're going with that i don't really know if they're like going to play play this up as you know he's going to betray her or he's going to become some hero at her finest and in her hour of need or whatever but there's obviously a lot they're doing with those two characters and I, I want to see where it goes because at this point I really truly do not know. I, it really feels like they're trying to get us attached to him because he's a very likable guy right now. <laughs> very very likable guy. So smooth. You know, I think it was Joanna Robinson mentioned he is like Braun from Game of Thrones. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's just, a good just comparison. Like, because uh, Braun was one of my probably top ten characters, maybe top five if I really thought about it. Just love that character. And he is very you know smooth like him mm-hmm. and what's so interesting about what he's doing so far is 
every single time you think that he's about to blow up and just like lash out in anger, he like just like turns the charm on again. And like, yes. it's just so yes. it's like, I don't know where they're going with the character, but that's that shiftiness that I'm talking about. You know, you really think that he's going to be, you know, angrier anger would be the natural reaction, but to go through to the, like the, the cunningness and the deceitfulness that he goes to, it just makes it a very different take on the character that I would not have expected. And it just, it really surprises you with the way that they are doing this character. And I'll be interested in how they go with it. But yeah. And let me say, I love that, uh, you know, the scene where he was fight getting in the fight and he mm-hmm. changed his like, Hey, let me buy you all drinks. Yes. Yeah, so that, yeah. That's yeah, what like, I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. How he was able to change things around. Yeah, it's just really interesting the way that they're they're handling this character because I thought at that moment because when they the moment before there the Tamar tells them well obviously she would want somebody of a higher birth or something I don't remember somebody better than you is basically what he what he's saying so right. you can kind of feel like the anger building up in him but and you expect him to explode but he doesn't he says you know you're probably right let's buy only buy everybody a drink so um, one thing we also learned though in the Hall of Laws is that. The previous king before Muriel is he was very elf friendly and he was a friend of the elves. And that's one of the things that uh, it's one of the things that Galadriel points out. She says, uh, so your previous king was a, a friend, friend of the elves. And Elendil says is uh, still and basically saying, you know, he's still alive. He's basically a he is the father of Muriel, and he was he was dethroned because the people of Numenor did not like the fact that he was so friendly to the elves, and that's right. when Muriel was put in. But it's obvious, also pretty obvious that Muriel is not quite as anti-elf as she plays it out to be. Uh, when she goes running up to her father, we don't see her father. This is one of the interesting things. Like, why are we not seeing this guy at this point? Because they they do they purposely don't show us the actor and they don't give us mm-hmm. his name. If you can look his name up, I'm not going to tell anybody just because if they might, I don't want to consider that a, you people might consider that a spoiler, but I just don't really know what they're doing with trying to hide that from us, but nevertheless, uh, but yeah, it's obvious that Muriel's hi- hiding things. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I'll be interested where, where she goes and how that end, ends up playing out, especially with the way, knowing the way it, it plays out in the books, I'll be really interested how it plays out in, in the show. So, and, and you kind of mentioned it last episode. They, they're doing a good job of showing. So why are we fighting again? It's just stupid. Yeah, it is. It really is. And yeah. they're going to explain it. At least I assume they're going to explain what the real tension between the two of them, between elves and men, because that's that's where like the most tension is, is between elves and men. And I really feel like, especially with Numenor, I've, I'm assuming they'll eventually explain it because and I keep trying, I'm having to force myself to stop from explaining because I'm assuming that they're going to. Uh, but there's going to be, they're, they're going to get into that, I think, eventually. And when it does, it's, I think it'll make a lot more sense with uh, the reason why Numenor especially can't stand else for the most part. So, Right. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and transition to the Harfoots. So. We're three episodes in. I, the first two episodes, we talked about this. I didn't find the Harfoots. I thought they were the most boring part of this. I will yep. say this. I didn't think they were that boring this time, but I don't like them. <laughs> well, especially the leaders. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a real problem with... They're sitting there. They're doing this remembrance ceremony where they're going through all the names of the Harfoots who have been left behind. And every time they read a name off and they give the story of the person who was left behind. They hold up their, their flask and say, we wait for you. No, you don't. 
No. <laughs> you don't no. wait for them. This is exactly. They don't wait at all. And look, I, I get the whole idea. Okay. There's this the one thing I do find that I do like about this part of the storyline is look, I love the Hobbits. The Hobbits are fantastic. They are so integral to the Lord of the Rings storyline because it's the whole idea of we don't, you know, the, the little person that can achieve great things. I think their storyline is just fantastic. I love the Hobbits. I think they have such interesting characters. Uh, you know, all four of the Hobbits from Lord of the Rings are just absolutely a joy to watch. But the Harfoots, like I said, the, the idea that they are doing with the Harfoots is this idea that, you know, they want to stay hidden and they believe that the way that they stay alive because they are so small, because they don't have the same things as humans and elves in terms of fighting prowess and all that type of stuff. What they have is their anonymity and that people don't know that they exist. So I like this idea that, you know, we have to move to certain spots at certain times. And if we don't do it, then we endanger the lives of everyone. So as much as we don't want to leave you behind, if you can't stay caught up with us, you're endangering everybody. So I like this dynamic, but like I said, the leaders of it, it like, I can't remember the guy who is the leader of it. And I had his name up. And I don't have it up anymore. Um, Sadok, uh, Sadok Burrow, who's played by, uh, who's played by Lenny Henry. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's really good. But like I said, this whole idea that, you know, we're going to sit there and toast you and say, we wait for you when you literally don't is just, like I said, yeah. there, it, it's, it's really tough to like the Harfoots for this because like, if you truly want to wait on them, you would, but you don't. So I don't know. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah. I thought the same thing. I was like, Oh, these are sweet people. I was like, wait, no, no, no they're, they're not. not. They are not sweet at all. And I mean, like I said, I don't know that they're, they're, they're not ruthless. I think they're just, uh, what's the word? They're pragmatic. I mean, we've got yeah. to get to a certain place and if we don't do it, then we could all end up dying. So we can't, just you got to keep up you got to figure out a way to keep up and it's you know this is putting poppy and her family in such a bad position because her father has injured his foot he can't walk nori nori thank you i'm sorry nori nori uh nori has has no family yeah poppy has no family because her family got left behind uh they they were they were killed in a uh avalanche if i remember correctly yeah yeah that was right so like i said it was like i said this i like the dynamic i like what the the ideas they're exploring here but like I said, it's just it's a rough to be a Harfoot. Like yeah, I said, it's it like I said that I was not really expecting that when we were introduced to these characters. So it really puts and like I said, in Pop, uh, not Poppy Nori is she is the one who we're supposed to like question this whole idea of is this the way we truly need to live? Because you know it's it's very much the same thing that we got with with Sam and Frodo in the original Lord of the Rings because you know the, the people the hobbits didn't leave the, the the Shire they just didn't leave the Shire that's what they didn't do yeah. and you know both of those guys end up leaving and they end up taking Pip and Mary with them but you know they're the ones who want who are going out on an adventure they're 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 leaving the comforts of the Shire they're leaving those 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 things that they're so comfortable to them and they're pushing out and they're exploring their boundaries and they're and they're figuring out ways to do things that most hobbits didn't think, think they could and that's what she's doing with this and that's the yeah. idea that we're getting with it uh, i'm gonna add and i'm just being honest as as a non-fantasy lover the harfoots are the the type of thing i don't i like the hobbits right mm-hmm. but i don't like the harfoots overall yeah uh, like I, but i love 
Nori and Poppy, and I love the interaction with the stranger. Love them. Right. I'm all in. Uh, you know, I'm fine with them being on every episode. And I'll be real honest with the you. Others, uh, whatever. I think we're getting close to having Nori and Poppy and the stranger break off. I really, truly yeah, think we're think getting close right to that. that. Yeah. Uh, I think whenever they get to their next migration point, I think something. Uh, Let's go and talk about the stranger real quick. So, uh, yeah. the stranger takes on a little bit bigger role in this. He ends up coming to their camp and ends up like destroying the whole thing. That was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. It, this the show does not have a whole lot of funny moments in it, but this one that was one of them. Yeah. Uh, just look, I'm really starting to believe that that the stranger is Gandalf. Uh, I am a hundred percent believing that yeah. he is Gandalf. Just because he's learned the word friend, right? Mm-hmm. And just the way they're interacting, and then. Not to mention, uh, and it may be your line of the week, it was not mine, but what Nori says, we need him and he needs us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, like uh, I said, so it, it, it felt very Gandalf. Yeah, it does. It really feels like this is how they're introducing Gandalf into this story. And like I said, this is why I honestly believe that we're eventually going to have Nori and maybe Poppy as well break off with with the stranger yeah. and they're going to have their own storyline that's separate from the Harfoots. And like I said, and I hope so too, because like I said, it's really uh, yeah. tough to, it's the, the Harfoots, like I said, the, they bring an interesting dynamic to yeah. the entire story, but it's a, it's a tough dynamic to, to learn from. And like I said, it, to sit there and like I said, it's, they're not the most likable people right now. And yeah. that is not the case with, the hobbits the hobbits are so incredibly likable there's very few people who don't like them. <laughs> like uh, i don't know if you've been listening if you listen to uh the the watch episode with mallory and chris ryan uh, when he they were doing a comparison I did. and I'm a, I'm a cr fan <laughs> yeah and chris ryan was like i hate the hobbits and mallory i, yeah. I thought mallory was like going to choke him when she yeah. said when he said that so yeah. Yeah, uh, proud, proud member of the CR fan. Yeah, like Chris Ryan's Chris Ryan's really good. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I really thought Mallory was like Mallory was yeah. just aghast when he, he said that he couldn't stand the Hobbit. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, we're talking about the Ringer podcast. Let me just make sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, owned by Bill Simmons. They have fantastic podcasts. No, they got tons of a lot them. of a lot of movies, television, any any nerd fandom they're covering it yeah or and honestly any type of any type of show or anything that's out there you can probably yeah. find a ringer podcast that covers it so um but yeah like i said I, when i heard that i was like well, she, she's going to kill him when he when he said yeah, that but I, I had the same vibes uh but like i said the the harfoots are much less likable to me in terms in terms yeah. of the hobbits so like, maybe this is how we're getting the transition from harfoot to hobbit is with with nori and what like i said i really truly believe that the stranger is going to end up being gandalf but i could be wrong yeah. So. I, I, and Poppy's coming too. They're they're building her up. I think it's. I think you're right. It's going to be Nori, Poppy, and the Stranger very soon. Yeah, I think I think you're right about that. So we shall see. Uh, like I said, not, they still have not been inserted into the story a whole lot. This is kind of really mm-hmm. uh, the only thing that we get from these from these guys. I did think the way that they because the one thing that the Stranger wanted is he wanted the stars. He wanted to know where how to get to those stars. I liked I liked Nori and Poppy going about trying yeah. to get the star map. I thought that was, I thought that was fun. Uh, like I said, those two are, are really fun and interesting. And like I said, Lenny, uh, what's his name again? Lenny Henry. He's doing a fantastic yeah. job with uh, Sadak Burrow. But like I said, his character is a little bit unlikable just because of the fact he that, uh, especially in some of the other ones around him, he's trying to be a little bit of a mediator between like right. the masses, but he also knows that he has responsibilities. That he has to hold up. Yeah. And I honestly think the reason they, are really included on this because Galadriel 
wasn't as likable in this episode. No, she as, wasn't. Because she was, you know, fighting with the yeah, queen. She's very confrontational and, in this one. Yeah. And then I know we'll get to uh, Ron Deere's story. It's just awful and scary. So I think they were brought in in some lightheartedness, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, to kind of a, a nice break. Which it was. It was. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, so. Well, speaking of Rondier, let's go ahead and talk about him because he was next on uh, our list. And he's kind of where we're going to close things up. Uh, Rondier, we do find out what happens to him. He has been taken captive by the orcs, which we, which we saw. And they're digging this tunnel. And, it, you know, it really sucks to be an orc. I mean, they really are playing this up in this series. They didn't play it up quite as much because they went in the original Lord of the Rings trilogy they make the transition from orcs to basically urukai and the urukai they don't have this this aversion to sunlight that uh the orcs do like i said if you're not really paying attention you might miss that when you're doing lord of the rings when you're watching the original trilogy but they play it up a lot in here that Mm -hmm. these guys can't move through the sunlight and that's why they that's why they're digging this tunnel basically so that they can keep a canopy over their heads and they're not exposed to the sunlight so i think they're doing a really good job of actually showing this showing us this which wasn't just real obvious in the original trilogy yeah, I thought I, and I, those scenes were r- really cool, especially when they're trying to escape, and a Ron Deer, uh, you know, keeps knocking the canopy down to kill them. Yes, like I said, and that's just kind of where it gets to. We don't get a ton of like information from because the, there's yeah. there's a bunch of elves that have been captured. Uh, his guard mates of of uh, of the watch, I think, is what they called uh, the people yep. who were there. Uh, yep. His guard mates have also been captured, so they're all there. They're all captured. They're all slave enslaved at this point. And, you know, they get to this big tree and it's very interesting the fact that they get to this tree because if you don't know anything about Tolkien, Tolkien loves trees. I mean, if, if you saw the original trilogy, everything that went on with the Ents, I mean, that it, it, that's really obvious there. But they're playing it up here when they get to this big tree that is in their way. And he says, cut the orcs, tell them to cut it down. And this is a, this is something that is important to Tolkien is the idea of of trees and the environment and he gets this because he fought in World War One and the European countryside was just absolutely ravaged with trench warfare and it, the it just looked I mean it was just a complete disaster in terms of what it did to the land uh, during that time so like I said he has this love of trees and. To, to incorporate that into his stories, he does it. He's very much into the idea of I don't like doing allegories, but to see that it, that influences him regardless. Yeah. Uh, you you see that, but like I said, we don't get a ton of story from here, but we do learn that this guy named Adar. They say they talk about him. They talk about how Sauron. If this is Sauron, that is Adar. He has never been called by this name before, and they're talking about that. But that's really the only real important information unless i'm forgetting something no but we got some cool fights and that's what i want to talk about next because that was the coolest thing when at the very end when they're doing this fight scene and you see one of the elves jumping up and you see this chain going like what are they doing here yeah and you're like oh they're using their chains as weapons yeah and like I said, what I love about this is it kind of goes in this whole idea that they really put forth in Lord of the Rings. The elves are just, they have this mis- mystical things that they can do that other people can't. Like when we saw 
Legolas in the original trilogy, like when all the other people are like trudging through the snow, he's just walking on top of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. When the two towers, there's this, there's this scene where he's shooting bows and arrows and the rest of the people are coming up on their horses and they're at full gallop. And he just like, he just like grabs onto it and like swings himself up onto a horse at full gallop. I mean, there's just this, yeah. this mystical thing that elves can do and just see them take their chains and to just completely, hold their own with the orcs while they're chained up was just an absolutely fantastic fight scene. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, man, I was getting some RRR vibes. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Especially when the war came, the warg Mm -hmm. came out and the way that, uh, deer was jumping in the air and Mm -hmm. fighting. Yeah. I was like, Somebody watched RRR, <laughs> and I want to join them because yeah. I want to watch it again. Yeah, that was a great movie. Just fantastic. And if you movie. haven't seen RRR, you need to watch it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, go watch it, and then come back and listen to our podcast. Yeah, go, yeah, go, and then, yeah, find our podcast. But especially that when when the war, the way they were fighting it, I was like, this is RRR. Yeah, I didn't even make that connection, but you're right. There's a lot of that in that in in those scenes, but. Like that, just that fight scene was just absolutely fantastic, and you and you feel like it's this great moment where you feel like his his captain or whoever it is that was like his superior. You think he gets away, and when he's climbed up to the top and he sees him, you're like, "Why'd you stop, dude? Why'd you stop?" And you realize that he's been shot by an arrow by somebody. You're like, "Oh crap!" Uh, But they pull him down, and they're getting ready to kill him. And somebody says, "No, wait for uh, Adar." And that's when Adar comes walking through and they purposely blur out his face and we don't see his face. Uh, we do know the actor. I don't know if you noticed the actor, though. Did you catch him? I did him? not. Okay. No. Uh, I had crap. You can tell me who it is. Yeah, hold on. I had it pulled up and I got to look it up again. But he played... Uh, he played. This is the second actor that we had for um, from the Game of Thrones. Uh, he played Jensen... Stark? No, Benjen Stark. Benjen Stark in... Oh, uh, okay. Uh, what was his name? Benjen Stark. Benjen Stark. Uh, who was the actor that played him? Crap. I had it up and I lost it. Benjen Stark. Actor. There he is. Uh, okay, Joseph Molly is the guy who played him. So, like I said, we're getting our second person from Game of Thrones. We have Rob Aramayo, who's playing El... El uh, Elrond, yeah. and now, like I said, we don't you don't see his face coming to full focus, but we do know that Joseph uh, Molly is playing Adar. Like I, said, I don't really know why they're keeping us blurred out. This kind of goes in the same thing with Muriel's dad. I don't know yeah, if we're supposed yeah. to understand something about this. So he's obviously the second one that they are wanting us to think might possibly be Sauron. Do you think he's actually going to end up being Sauron because he's got that hand thing that looks like Sauron's a lot? What are you thinking? I'm thinking he's going to be a assistant of Sauron. Yeah, that's kind of one thing. I'm going to think. Yeah. I kind of think Sauron was Morgoth's like first in command. I kind of yeah. think he's going to be the first in command of Sauron. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going that route as well. I, that's where I kind of see this playing out. So, like I said, I just don't know. I don't really know the purpose of like keeping it a secret or anything like this. I guess they'll we'll eventually learn why they're keeping yeah. it a secret, but uh, we don't know at this point. But they're they're keeping it a secret. But yeah, if, if he is listed in the credits, so they're not trying to keep it so much a secret that they don't even put his name in the credits because his name was actually his name does show up in the credits of of the at the end of this at the end of this episode, and that's one of the reasons why. I to check it out because so I was like, okay, do they actually tell us who this guy is? And they do. It is uh, it is Joseph Molly who played Benjamin Stark. That's his, probably his most famous role up until now. Yeah. He's played in some other stuff, but he uh, he was in Game of Thrones at least for a little while. I think it was season seven that he ends up dying. Yeah, because he's uh, 
uh, he keeps meeting Bran, wasn't that? His? Yeah, it was Bran when they were like on the run. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was when he and he like sacrifices himself for for He's them. Ned's brother, right? Yeah, he's Ned's, Ned's brother. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, it's interesting the fact that they keep kind of keep that a secret from us for some reason. But yeah. I'm sure they will explain us do it. To, uh, explain it to us later. So. All right, uh, but that kind of wraps up the episode. They do give us a preview of next week's episode. We will get back to the dwarves. We will get Elrond back. Uh, I don't remember seeing Galadriel, though, in the preview, so maybe we don't see her next next episode. That will be interesting if we don't. Yeah, I know. So uh, We'll have to see on that one. So uh, You want to go ahead and do awards for this one? Let's do it, man. All right. We have three awards that we give out each week on uh, the Main Attraction Podcast whenever we cover an episode of a television show. Up first is the Tyrion Lannister. Who is your, this is our MVP. Who's your MVP for this episode? I went with Charlie Vickers as Hallbrand. I did too. This was mm-hmm. the one that he really got to, to, to show his worth as, as a potential villain, potential hero. Yeah. He but, did it all. Yeah, he really did. He, he's, he played an interesting part in this one. Uh, he showed some, he showed some depth as an actor. He showed yeah, that absolutely. he, he could go down any road that they want to take him. Uh, so I'll be interested to see what road they do end up taking him down. But, uh, like I said, I, I'm with you. I thought he was, I thought he was the best part of this episode. There was a lot of good performances. Don't get me wrong. There were yeah, a lot of good was. ones, yeah. but I thought his was the one that stood out the most. So, all right. Next is the Agatha all along the best scene of the show. Which one did you go with? Well, we just talked about yeah, it. Did. It's got to be the fight. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be the fight. It was fantastic. Like I said, it's really hard to kind of give it, uh, to do it justice in our little explanation of it, but it was just an absolutely fantastic fight scene. It's probably the best fight scene we've had so far in this in this show. So. When you're using chains to choke people out and mm-hmm. you're still on the on chains. On the chain. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just hard fan- to beat that. Yeah, good stuff from there. I absolutely love that scene. Uh, next is the if you come at the king you best not miss the best line of the week I thought this one was a little bit lacking in lines but there were a couple yeah what'd you go with uh, mine I went with Alon Dill this was when he was talking to the queen when the queen was chastising him and he said the sea put her in my path and the sea is, is always right. right yeah that was a good one yeah that was a good one I didn't go with that one I ended up going with one from Nori uh, where Nori was talking to her mother after uh, they have after they've discovered the stranger and the stranger has kind of like destroyed their entire camp uh, she's, Nori says to her mother I know I'm not special I know I'm just one little harfoot in a grand wide world but he is special I can feel it uh, I yeah. like this line for a couple of reasons one I just think it's continuing to lead us to the idea that this is if it's not Gandalf it's going to be one of the wizards I, I truly do believe that at this yeah. point but also one of the things I like about this this is this is kind of and another reason why I kind of think this is pointed towards Gandalf because Gandalf actually has a line towards Frodo that's similar to this at least in the books I don't know if it was in the films where he talks about you're just uh, you're, you're just a small hobbit in a big wide world uh and like I said, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I continue to think that this is Gandalf because, like, like I said, they're taking lines from Gandalf and kind of twisting him yeah. around and giving it to other characters. So that's one of the, another reason why I kind of think he's going to end up being Gandalf. So, all right, uh, we also do a rating system here on the Main Attraction Podcast where we give this a one of five ratings. At the top of our list is a Game of Thrones. If it is the best of the best, that's where we label it. If it is just beneath the Game of Thrones, though, we give it a lost. Middle of the road for us is Friends. Just beneath friends is a full house and at the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. where are you going for the first where you, where is this fall so far after three episodes 
So uh, I went with a loss last time. I'm keeping it as a loss. Uh, like I said, I, I thought this episode was uh, probably a little bit more for the book readers, but I still really enjoyed it. I, I really like the Hall brand. I, I really like uh, ad- adding the new characters, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think it's just a really enjoyable show. So um, I'm keeping it as a loss, and, and I'm still really enjoying myself. And as we talked about it, I, I'm enjoying it more. Yeah, I'll, I'm keeping it as a loss as well. One other character I want to mention that you mentioned that, that I enjoyed a lot. That, well, you mentioned new characters and the other new character i want to mention that is not a book character that is isildur's sister i'm trying to remember her name because i can't remember her name and they it's when they pronounce it it's it's another one that doesn't really sound like uh it's uh Arian, Arian? yeah something like that because they pronounce it differently than what it's spelled as uh but she is played by horvath is her last name i can't remember what her first name is uh uh, I can't find her name. Uh, oh, Emma Horvath. I thought she was really good. I thought it. Uh, yeah. She pointed out the kind of the whole idea. I like the fact that she pointed out that you know her father is getting chastised by the king, but he gets a big promotion. She's like, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Uh, right, right. I, I liked her a lot, uh, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm I'm still at a loss. I think this. I really truly believe this could end up being a Game of Thrones, but we've still we've still done a ton of exposition. It's hard to get completely engrossed in a, in a show while they're giving us all this exposition. So, and that's what they're having to do right now. So, I'll be interested to see how they continue on with that. All right. Next is before we sign off, we do want to give things that we're looking forward to. What are you looking forward to that you might want to recommend to our viewers or listeners? Uh, so uh, I didn't have a chance to. Uh, I, I meant to tell you this before. I know you're going to bring up D3. Oh, D23? Yeah. That's one of the things I want to bring up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to turn it over to you and I want to comment about that. So I I, I, I thought we would talk a lot about, about that. So I, I meant to. I didn't even bring anything. Yeah, D23, it was, uh, there's a ton of stuff that they drop on this. Uh, they they gave a lot of, the, D23 gave a lot of, like, information, but they didn't give a ton of, like, all right, this is the things that we're making. We still don't have a, a fantastic forecast, which is one thing that a lot of people were expecting, uh, yeah. and which is fine. I, I, they did confirm that the director is going to be Matt Shackman, who was the director of WandaVision. He's going to be directing uh, Final Four. Like, but they didn't bring him on stage. He was just in the audience when when that wow. was going on. Because, like I said, he says we'll have more information when, at the next time they do a D23, which I think they do that more than once a year. I think. I'm not 100% positive about that, though. Uh, but we get uh, we got some – they put out a lot of, of first looks. We do get a – one of the things that excited me the most about D23 was the trailer that they dropped for Secret Invasion. I don't know if you saw it. I did. It, it looks, looks fantastic. Awesome. Oh my goodness, yeah. it looks so good. Uh, like I was, like I've been excited for that just because I wanted to see what Samuel L. Jackson could do yeah. in a show. Uh, I, that just seemed really appealing to me. But just the, that trailer that they dropped for it. Oh my goodness, it looked fantastic. Angry, grimy. Uh huh. Yeah. Nick Fury. Yes, please. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yes, please. On that. Uh, Marvel also is releasing. Uh, what is the name of that werewolf? Werewolf by Night. I think it was the name of it. Uh, but basically it's going to be a Halloween special. They're going to be releasing, uh, next month. And like I said, I don't know if it's going to be just a show, like a one episode show, like for 30 or 45 minutes, or if it's going to be a movie that they're putting on Disney plus, but, uh, that will be coming out next. That looks interesting because it's like, it's going to be an all black and white. 
It's going to be. Uh, it's going to look. It looks kind of campy, which they're purposely going for. Uh, cool. Like I said, I'm, I'm really interested in that. Uh, they also released basically the entire cast of the Thunderbolts, uh, which they let me pull up that listing because they got most of the good people that we were expecting. They got Yelena Belova in it. They've got uh, the Red John Walker. Yeah, they got John Walker. He's one of them. Uh, they've got David Harbour's character. What was his name? Red Star, I think. That, that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they, he's going to be in it. Uh, they've got uh, no Nemo though. Or yeah, Nemo. that was the one that surprised me. I was really surprised that Nemo was not going to be in this because I was told everything has been pointed to that he would be one of the one of the lead actors and one of the lead characters in the Thunderbolts, and he is not one of the lead characters in it. Uh, he's not even in the picture. So that was surprising. Uh, and, and Bucky. Bucky's going to be in it. Yeah, he'll be one of them. Ghost from the second Ant-Man movie is going to be in it. Uh, and the, what's his, uh, well, it's her name. It's a female in this. I can't remember. Uh, the Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Taskmaster is going to be in it. And there's one other character that I don't know that, uh, there was a picture of her, and I'm not sure who that is, to be perfectly honest with you. So, uh, like I said, we got that reveal. Uh, look, that looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Here's the picture I'm looking for. Let me see if I can find out that other person's name. Because uh, it's some woman that's standing next to Ghost, and I don't know who she is because I can't just tell based off of the picture. All the other ones are instantly recognizable, but she was not. So I'm trying to. Well, and Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, Julia Louis, Julia Louise Dreyfus is going to be basically playing kind of like the Nick Fury of of the Thunderbolts, and they still don't have her listed on every article I find. Uh, well, that stinks. So. Uh, like I said, I don't know who that person at the end is. So if you're listening to this and you know who that who that is, I, I've not been able to find anybody to anything that uh, that references her. So uh, I haven't been able to find that because there is one other person that is listed, and I just unless that is Julia Louis Dreyfus character, and I guess that I guess that's who that could be standing next to Ghost. Well, there's no one else listed on there, and uh, if you send me the picture, I'll look at it while you're looking at the other thing. Yeah, let me let me get let me share that with you real quick because, like I said, I can't. And maybe that's who it is. It's a it's a drawing of the picture, and I, uh, maybe that is Julie Louis Dreyfus that is sitting right there. So, uh, but yeah, that was kind of the other big news. Uh, other than that, though, uh, what else did they talk about at D twenty three? We got we got a new look at. I think they did new. Did they do new Wakanda Forever trailer? I don't remember. I they did. Yeah, yes. I haven't seen that one yet. I saw the. That's that's who that is. Is that Julie Louis Dreyfus? Okay. Yeah. Cool. The, the, it just looks different because she looks, it, it makes her look like a young woman, but that's the costume she wore. Oh, you're when right. We saw her meet John Walker. And when he saw her meet Yelena, yeah, that was right. the costume she's wearing. Cause David Harbour looks about 30. Yeah, in his yeah, he's well. not. <laughs> you're right. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't figure out who that was, but yeah, you're right. That is Julie Lewis Dreyfus. Uh, that was the only thing I couldn't figure out. Uh, I do need to watch that new Wakanda forever trailer. I have not seen it yet. Uh, I think apparently they get a lot more Namor in that. Uh, there was also they have not released this to the public though. There is a new there is a full Ant Man trailer that that is out there and supposedly in this one trailer, uh, what's his name that plays Kang? Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Majors just wowed people in this one trailer. People were just completely in awe of him. So, like I said, I'll be interested to see how, how that happens. Uh, we also found out that uh, Daredevil is going to be a reboot. They are not picking up after what happened in uh, Season 3 of the Netflix series. They're just rebooting the whole thing, so that's, that's kind of important information. Uh, but other than that, I can't so think... So, are the uh, Froggy... In- are they in it? The who? 
Froggy Nelson. Oh, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that yet, and so I don't. I'm not 100 percent positive. Uh, so I don't like hearing that. Well, I mean, like I said, they haven't made any kind of announcements. At least not that I have seen. Maybe okay. They, maybe, okay. Maybe they haven't. I just haven't seen them. But uh, I, I feel like they're going to bring them back. I, I, I really do. Maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of I feel like that that's almost a must. You got to get those those guys back. Yeah. So. Uh, but other than that, that's about that's about all that I remember from D twenty three because it uh, there were like I said there were some other stuff that went out, but that, those are the things that kind of caught my eye the most. So, all right. Uh, oh, there was one other thing that I saw. This has nothing to do with D twenty three. Look, I'm not much of a gangster guy. I don't like gangster shows that much or gangster movies. Uh, but have you seen the trailer for Tulsa King on Paramount Plus? Yes, I have. I'm glad you brought this up. It looks really I'm all good. Absolutely. <laughs> Taylor Sheraton, a gangster movie starring Sylvester Stallone. Check, please. Yeah, like, like I said, I'm not a gangster guy, but when I saw that, I was like, okay, this looks pretty yeah, darn good. Man. I agree with you. So I'll be interested in what that ends up being like. So, All right, well, is there anything else you want to add before we head off? Well, well I just want to uh, thank everybody for joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I would echo those same sentiments, and we're about to go watch the Game of Thrones House of the Dragon, and you'll be hearing about that before we hear this podcast. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.